folks. Welcome to uh, welcome to this week's thousand words or less. So happy you could join us. Interestingly, um, happy news to report uh, this Thursday morning. Um, as uh, we've actually had uh, quite the. Speaking of having people joining us, uh, we've had a lot more people joining us in the last uh, last month or so. Uh, as I look over the, the numbers, um, welcome to a whole lot of people. We have uh, we've seen an actually a, a relative explosion, if you will, of uh, of downloads. And uh, so I thank you to a lot of uh, our new listeners. Hope you'll continue to join us uh, on Truth in a Thousand Words or Less each and every Thursday. My name. Uh, is Stephen Craig, if you didn't know already. Uh, I am the host and author of Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, and uh, hopefully you enjoy what you what you hear here or disagree, or at least uh, it uh, is thought-provoking and uh, you know, gives you something to listen to on your way to work, something like that. I don't know, whatever, to, wherever the hell you listen. I listen to my podcast for the most part. Uh, I like listening to podcasts while I'm on my bike, um, which... Uh, which gets us started at a perfect place for this week's uh, Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, because it, uh, in fact, starts with a bike ride. Uh, this week, uh, our title is called The Erosion of Cultural Norms. Is it just me, or does there seem to be a whole lot more assholes out there? Don't, don't answer that by suggesting that one of those people is me. It's probably true. Just the other day, I was riding my bike, as I am wont to do on a spectacular summer afternoon, trudging my way up a long, arduous stretch of uphill single track, when another rider came pounding down the trail, refusing to cede ground or even slow his roll. As I leapt out of the way to avoid being pummeled into near oblivion, I politely yelled out, Please yield to uphill riders, in the hopes that this warning, you know, might plant the seed for proper trail etiquette for his future encounters. But as soon as he got past me, he only then slammed on his brakes so that he could verbally accost me with a slew of unhinged epithets and profanity that would make a coal miner blush. In that moment, something happened that rarely ever does. I was at a total loss for words. I know. I know. I know it doesn't happen often. I jumped back on my bike and rode off in muted silence that much more despondent about where we are as a society and as a species. But my initial question for this week is, of course, a rhetorical one. We all have seen a dramatic rise in uncivil behavior and a precipitous erosion of the cultural norms we once assumed adherence to. We have watched as sports stars such as Kyrie Irving have flipped off fans, watched as fans have assaulted or spat on professional athletes, watched as parents have verbally abused referees working their kids' athletic competitions, watched as xenophobic and racist chants have reemerged in public settings, watched as the President of the United States has been jeered with thinly veiled profanities, watched as vitriol has become the new cultural norm. We are all aware of the erosion of our once-venerated cultural mores. The questions at hand are, what is causing this phenomenon, and what can we do about it? 
In doing research for this piece, yes, I actually do research for this dribble, I came across a fascinating study entitled From Extreme to Mainstream, The Erosion of Social Norms. And then I pretty much ripped off the title for this piece. <clears throat> that suggests that much of the responsibility for our deterioration as a society lies squarely on the shoulders of Donald Trump. I don't think it's a stretch to derive that conclusion, especially given the timeline of our culture's decline. Even as Trump began running for president and garnering significant support in 2016, <clears throat> he appealed to a low-minded base who applauded his xenophobic rants and lowbrow personal attacks that were truly derisive and lacking in substance. His comments were unlike anything we had heard in presidential politics, and his frankness resonated with a certain uneducated demographic. Forced to suppress their latent racism by a society that had purportedly evolved beyond overt racial prejudice, they felt emboldened to rear the ugly heads of that racism once again, this time with a vengeance that made it known that they resented having to keep it under wraps for so long. Trump not only abided this behavior, but encouraged it, leading chants at his rallies of lock her up for a political opponent. Of course, now who's getting locked up? Is it any surprise, then, when those chants turn to hang Mike Pence following the 2020 election? Or that his supporters felt it acceptable to storm our nation's capital simply because they did not like <clears throat> the results of an election, which he clearly lost. But Trump's unpresidential behavior was not merely relegated to his rallies, but rather showed itself in his interactions with other foreign dignitaries, as he refused to engage in even the basic decencies that once served as the low bar of decorum for international relations. Serving as a role model for millions, Trump thus lowered the bar for personal interactions for everyone and eroded the standards for conduct amongst our fellow human beings. But even I cannot lay the blame for our erosion of cultural norms solely at the feet of Donald Trump, as there are other factors at play here. Social media has created a realm of relative anonymity where we deem it fully acceptable to engage in the type of debasing rhetoric and personal attacks that we would never dare do in our face-to-face -face conversations. Sites such as Facebook intentionally stroke the frames of interpersonal discord and then step back to watch as the flames engulf a society where civil disagreement was once a hallmark of a prosperous democracy. No longer do we have respectful conversations over significant policy issues. Instead, we resort to name-calling and demonization, placing vilified labels upon those we disagree with, only furthering the divide between us and lessening the ability to reach across and find mutually beneficial solutions. This was then exacerbated by a global pandemic that sent us retreating further into the false world of the Internet and lessening our interpersonal connection. Moreover, the time spent huddled in our domiciles, locked within the confines of our private lives, left us embittered and resentful, eager to find others to blame and upon whom to unleash our pent-up frustrations. And unleash them we certainly have. 
So just what do we do to reverse this perilous descent into societal anarchy? How do we undo the damage of a culture that has given up on the basic principles of decency? Well, I know that it is answers to questions like these that often keep you reading to the end of truth in a thousand words or less. You know, because usually I try to provide them. But to be honest, folks, I don't have any easy solutions here. What I can tell you is that the answer lies in you. None of us can negate the loss of social decency, but each and every one of us will always retain the power to inform our own actions and to make the conscious choice to treat our fellow human beings with civility and respect. Does that mean that it will inherently alter the way others choose to interact with you? No, it does not. But if you cede your ability to treat others with integrity simply based upon how you yourself are treated, you are inherently giving away the autonomy to choose your own behaviors. Treat people with decency, love, and respect regardless of how they choose to treat you. Do so not because of how it will impact them, but because of how it will impact you. Because it will help you to evolve into the person you have the power to become. And in so doing, truly be the change you want to see in the world as a whole. You know, this week's column ended with a more, you know, upbeat message. All right, folks, you know how it goes. That uh, that brings us to an end of this week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. So happy that you could uh, that you could join us. You know that... Uh, you know that we always end with our good buddy John Mayer. You know, uh, I've come to discover that pretty much every single woman in my life has a thing for John Mayer. What the hell, man? He slept with like everybody. He's such a man whore. And yet, my girlfriend, my ex-wife, shoot, my daughter. Kind of have a thank you, John. All right, Johnny, you do play a pretty sweet guitar. In any case, uh, my name is Stephen Craig. I am uh, the truth and author of uh, Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. Uh, hopefully, you'll join us back here next Thursday and each and every Thursday because uh, that's when I publish this damn thing. In any case, folks, until next Thursday, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week. Peace out, y'all.